minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Shoshan Chochim Abbas Kala Mesa 
J.M. in the A.M., one of our favorites. Hineni Khan. Halavai, by the way, for those of you who are 
familiar with those words, Hineni Khan. It's a reference to being in the Holy Land. In fact, if you, if I would look at the lyrics more closely, maybe I think it's actually um, a reference to being in the city of Jerusalem. Yoel Sharabi, Hineni Khan, if only, if only. Uh, Mikash, I know I shouldn't complain because I was recently there. I get it. Um, but sometimes even when you have done something recently, you cannot wait to get back there and be part of it again, even as you hope and pray that everybody who uh, has the same feeling, who wants to get there and be there, uh, will be able to do so very, very soon. Uh, Yoel Sharabi, although yesterday I got a text from somebody in uh, central Israel saying to me, and I don't know what they were basing this on, but again, now that Mayor Weingarten is gone, I'm not in direct touch with uh, anybody who's listening to Israeli radio and television constantly to to update me as to what they're saying within the country. Uh, but what this person said was that um, it is inevitable that there will be a lockdown in Israel for the Chagim. And I was like, what? Is that possible? They would go to that extreme again for the beginning of 5782? Yeah, here's the quote. Everyone knows there will be a lockdown. Our Chagim are kaput. Um, Rosh Hashanah will be in lockdown. I don't know if this is true or not, but this is what uh, at least one person in Israel is feeling as um, uh, we stand three and a half weeks away from the beginning of the brand new year. And uh, and Yantif on Monday night, the 6th of September. Um so we'll see what happens, but uh, the Israel situation is complicated. I know that, that things are complicated everywhere in the world right now when it comes to this uh, new variant and COVID in general and restrictions and mask mandates, et cetera, et cetera. But in Israel, for some reason, it seems to always get even more complicated. Uh, Yoel Sharabi with Hina. Yeah, Avira Deret Israel Machkim, right? For those who want to translate the word Machkim as complicated, that might prove my point. Uh, Mordechai Shapiro with Mika Hashem, Hodul Hashem done by Yehuda, Moshav band with Comeback, God is Alive and Well in Jerusalem, that's Moshe Hecht, Aryeh Kunstler's Vali Yerushalayim, wow. Uh, featured a lot of Yerushalayim selections in the opening of our show this morning. Mivan Siach with Effie Green, and of course Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's 74 degrees with 88% humidity, winds are south at 3 on this Wednesday morning, mix of clouds and sun, maybe a shower or a thunderstorm with a high of 93. Were you stuck in one of, the, one of those thunderstorms last night? Woo! I was uh, deluged. I got the uh, I got the car wash in the unconventional manner. I was driving through that thing last night, and it was uh, it was a rough ride. Um, and I'm sure anybody who's in it knows exactly what I mean. Partly cloudy tonight, low temperature of 78, mostly sunny for tomorrow, a high of 97 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 87 up in Guilford, New York. Our friends at Camp Missouri, 71 degrees. 74 here in New York City as we wake up on a Wednesday. We're in the month of Elul. We are, uh, we are emphasizing our Elul Chesed campaign. We'll have details about that later on right here at JM in the AM. We'll do some of that, plus, plus um, much, much more. On a Wednesday, JM the AM, all coming up between now and 9 a.m. Eastern Time, if you keep it here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, Baruch Shalom Blasovsky is next. You're listening to JM in the AM.
Hacer a Tarot 
J.M. in the A.M. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web and AlchemSingle.com and the AlchemSingle Network and, of course, any beloved NSN app. Golly, it's on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Benny Friedman with the Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra. 
from their reimagined series with that great medley. Sweet Home Jerusalem from Menachem Herman. Sally Gold had Burich. Shuva from Baruch Shalom Basovsky. Wednesday morning. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for Wednesdays next. We say Boker Tov from Jam in the AM. Galitzal, Mirushalayim, Asha'a 2, Shalom Rav, Baulpan, Rani Avnai, Ima Shekore Achshav. פרק העלייה בתחלואה והניסיונות להימנע מסגר, ראש הממשלה בנט ושר בריאות הורוביץ סיכמו שמערכת הבריאות תוכל להכיל יותר מ-2,000 חולים במצב קשה. עם הפרטים כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרוף וולברג. גורמי המקצוע הציגו תרחיש קשה לראש הממשלה, לפיו עד סוף החודש יהיו 2,400 חולים קשים. הצדדים הגיעו לסיכום, לפיו יתווספו עוד 100 רופאים ו-500 אחיות למערכת הבריאות, זאת במטרה להגדיל את יכולת הספיקה ולנסות למנוע סגר. הערב יתכנס קבינט הקורונה כדי להצביע על הטלת הגבלות נוספות. וסגנית מנכ"ל בית החולים אסותא אשדוד, הדוקטור חגית סרבגיל ממן, סיפרה אצל אמיר איבגי, העומס בבית החולים כבר מורגש בצורה משמעותית. חדרי תת לחץ באתרים נוספים בבית החולים. אנחנו כרגע, גם אם הכמות היא עולה על היכולת של התפוסה שלנו, אנחנו נותנים מענה ואנחנו מסתדרים. אבל אנחנו נמצאים במצב שבו כל הגדלה של כמות המיטות לטובת חולי קורונה, למעשה באה על חשבון משאבי טיפול שאנחנו נותנים לאוכלוסייה רגילה. ולמעשה בתי החולים נמצאים כרגע בכל הארץ במצב של עומס כמו בעונת החורף. ועדת החינוך של הכנסת אישרה את תשלומי ההורים לשנת הלימודים הקרובה. הורי תלמידי הגנים ישלמו כ-250 שקלים לשנה, בין 500 ל-900 שקלים ביסודי ולמעלה מ-1,000 שקלים בחטיבה ובתיכון. עוד הוחלט כי ההורים ישלמו 8 שקלים למסיבות כיתה במקום 24. הוגדל גם תקציב קרן המלגות מ-100 מיליון שקלים ל-130 מיליון. חברת הכנסת אמילי מואטי ממפלגת העבודה נמנעה בהצבעה בוועדה ואמרה במהלך הדיון, יש להפסיק עם תשלומי ההורים. אני מתנגדת לתשלומי הורים. לא אולי, לא נראה ובלי כוכביות. זה המון כסף, אני לא צריכה להסביר את העקרונות של חינוך חינם שכולנו מכירים בעל פה. והתפקיד שלנו כנבחרי ציבור הוא לא לסייע. התפקיד שלנו הוא לפעול, להציג חזון ולשנות את המציאות. מדבריה הביאה כתבתנו לענייני חינוך, איילת ברון. ילדה בת תשע מאזור הצפון במצב קשה לאחר שנמצאו תרופות נרקוטיות בדמה. המשטרה בודקת האם התרופות שייכות לסבתה, פרסם כתבנו בצפון הדר גיציס. צוות מגן דוד אדום פינה את הילדה לבית החולים רמב״ם בחיפה כשהיא מונשמת ומחוסרת הכרה בתום ביצוע פעולות החייאה בשטח. נבדק החשד האם הילדה נטלה את התרופות לבדה או בנוכחות סבתה שהייתה עמה בבית. לפי שעה היא מאושפזת במחלקת טיפול נמרץ ובמקביל המשטרה פתחה בחקירת נסיבות האירוע. כתב אישום יוגש בימים הקרובים נגדי חשוד בפריצה ובניסיון אונס אישה בת 83 בבית אבות בדרום תל אביב לפני שבוע וחצי. היום הוגשה נגדו הצהרת תובע. על פי המיוחס הוא פרץ לבית האבות, שם ניסה לאנוס את הדיירת, אך נמלט לאחר שזו הזיקה עזרה. כתבנו בתל אביב בן נצר מוסיף שאחת מהראיות נגדי חשוד היא סוכריה שהושארה בזירה. מזג האוויר, הטמפרטורות תהיינה רגילות לעונה. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
אבל כשקושי אמיתי ניצב, מתחיל לדעת מה חשוב עכשיו. לכן אמשיך להאמין בכל ליבי, השם שולח כל מה שצריך אני. יש לי הכל, כל, כל.
J.M. in the A.M. is far. That's uh, Yessie Green. And that is, um, that is frankly a, uh, a great selection, especially if, especially if you're into the words which come directly from our, our wonderful Torah. Sfar is um, Yessi Green, Melech Malchi Amlachim, done by Lipa. You heard Anna Avda from Big Time Alterheim. Yeshli Hakol, that was Ari Goldwag to open up the hour here at JM and the AM. 20 minutes after 7 o'clock in the morning, it's Wednesday. We have our Elul Sofer blowing coming up. And one of the things I mentioned last week is I would love if our Elul Sofer blowing was sponsored every single day. And you could sponsor it in uh, memory of somebody or in honor of somebody. And I have very, very good news. This is one of the reasons why I waited till today uh, to really mention it. If you click on Elul Sofer blowing in the, in the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> in the sponsorship opportunities section at fjbunity.org. Now, when you donate with PayPal, like it was in the past, but for some reason it was not over the last couple of months. Now you can add your comment yourself. You can dedicate an amount in memory of somebody, in honor of somebody, and support us at JM and AM and the Nahum Siegel Network uh, with an actual comment. You could go right now uh, to fjbunity.org, click on Sponsorship Opportunities. You'll see the LL Show for Blowing is $100 per day, Sunday through Thursday. You could do one day, you could do a week, you do whatever you want. Uh, Sunday through Friday, rather. Sunday through Friday. Wow. <laughs> Sunday through Friday, we blow the show for until Labor Day, until Erev Rosh Hashanah. Uh, Sunday through Friday. Anyway, right now, fjbunity.org. Elul Show for Blowing is under sponsorship opportunities. It's $100 per day. Um, and now you have the ability to add your own comment in memory of, in honor of, etc. I want to thank Yoni. He actually spent a lot of time yesterday fixing the whole system. And now we're back to where we were. Uh, my regret was, of course, that it was down for most of the time after Mayor Weingarten's passing. There were so many who went out of their way uh, through email and other means to uh, let us know uh, that they wanted their specific donation dedicated in his memory. Now one can do it themselves. Now one can go to fjbunity.org and you can support us and sponsor a little chauffeur blowing and give any donation you want in memory of whomever you want in honor of whoever you want, and all of that can be done, can be added, can be mentioned uh, in the comments section on PayPal. You can do that all yourself now, and I know that for a lot of people that's very meaningful because they were rightfully frustrated that they would donate to fjbunity.org, which supports us, and not be able to, um, to add a comment. So now you're able to do it, and I hope you will. I hope you will. Elul Show for Blowing is uh, six, seven minutes away. I hope you'll take the opportunity, somebody out there, to sponsor it for today in memory of somebody or in honor of somebody so we can uh, uh, get to our goal of having it sponsored uh, every single day, uh, Sunday through Friday during Elul. J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday, uh, 74 degrees, mix of clouds and sun, maybe a shower, a thunderstorm, and a high temperature of 93. Tomorrow going up to 97. Woo! Jerusalem right now at 87, up in Guilford, New York, 71 degrees. Camp Masora up in Guilford, enjoying 71 degrees. We're at 74 in New York City. We're waking up on a Wednesday here at JM in the AM. Uh, checking out our app. Remember, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. 
Um, good morning. Beautiful job. And Todarabah at the Kupath Ezra event last night. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was something we prepared last week. Uh, Kupath Ezra debuted it last night. Uh, as I mentioned, because we are in our Elul Chesed campaign, I mentioned that it was Kupath Ezra through that event uh, that many of you saw last night at kupathezra.org that we discovered this whole category of people in our community nationwide and really around the world uh, that need special attention and need special help, and that is single parents and their children, especially the single mothers, but single parents in general and their children uh, who need special attention financially and otherwise uh, before Yontif. So thank you to our friends at Kupath Ezra. It's good to hang out with, uh, with Chesed efforts. You'll learn a lot. And I hope that people out there between now and Rosh Hashanah will think of ways to help um, single mothers and single parents uh, and their children in our communities between now and Rosh Hashanah. Think about who the kids will be sitting with, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. Think about who's buying a Lulav and Esrug with them. Think about who's studying uh, homework and, uh, and learning with them. Think about rides you can give to people. And, of course, think about the finances. And, uh, what difference would it make to a single mother if you know someone put two hundred bucks on her, on a gift card or on a, uh, you know, on her account at a local supermarket, I can only imagine what difference it would make. So think about all this, please. And I thank you, and thank you to this listener who pointed out the Kubath Ezra event last night. Uh, and a special shout out to listener Ralph, who took, who, who's of course our chairman of um, of so many events for us. Uh, Ralph took special interest in the Kupath Ezra event last night. That was really special to me, and I thank him. Uh, Mitch from Beit Shemesh says, there's no lockdown. The BOI has stated that it won't help. BOI of Israel. You know, now I don't know what that is. The Green Pass will be in effect, leaving unvaccinated children being barred from shul. Oh, they, that, would be, that would be bad. Listener Terry says, up to, to 3,000 new cases in Israel. Not definite, but looking highly possible of a lockdown. Uh, for the Chagim, as the positivity rate is approaching 4%. And Ellie says, today of Rav, uh, Rav, um, Rav Cook's yard site, Avram Yitzchak Cohen Cook, Rav Avram Yitzchak Cohen Cook's yard site, can you please play Mishoro HaTshuva from Shlomo Katz? If I have that one, I will certainly try to do it. And I appreciate you pointing that out. Again, every time someone points out Rav Cook's yard site or someone else in that realm, I think of my dear friend, Mayor Weingarten of Blessed Memory, who, of course, would have texted me this morning. In fact, if I look back at my WhatsApp from last year, I bet you he did remind me that it was Ruth Cook's yard site. Oh, that would be something pretty spooky to go back to the text of the last year that he sent me. I actually looked the other night to see the last text that he sent me, which was post-Yuntif. Um, yeah, post-Shavuos. Anyway, uh, JM in the AM. I want. Oh, by the way, I got a special communique last night. Let me do this right here. Make sure I have the information. Uh, I got a special communique last night from our friends at ShopEichlers.com, um, and I really hope our listeners take advantage of this because they are a really important sponsor of ours, and it would be great if people took advantage of this. They're having a 24-hour splurge and save, 10% off the entire site 10% off the entire site today at shopeichlers.com with promo code radio that's right they are having a 24-hour splurge and save at shopeichlers.com 
a 24-hour today, Wednesday, a 24-hour splurge and save site-wide. Everything at ShopEichlers.com is 10% off today with promo code radio. Everything at ShopEichlers.com is 10% off site-wide today with promo code radio. All right? Keep that in mind all through the day. They have everything. <laughs> Go to the site. Whatever you're looking for for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, they have it. That I can tell you. So um, 24 hours, splurge and save, site-wide, 10% off today at shopiclose.com with promo code radio. 10% off today, shopiclose.com, promo code radio. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I'm told her my Goldwasser has the morning off. So I guess we will go directly to our Elul show for blowing. Um, And then continue with plenty more. The candidate for governor in the state of New Jersey representing the Republican Party is apparently traveling now in Israel. And he is going to join. He's scheduled, at least. When it comes to travel, you never know, you know what happens with their schedule. But he is scheduled to join us coming up minutes from now here at JM and the AM. So does the governor of New Jersey really have an opponent? Yeah. And we'll speak to him if, in fact, he's able to keep the, uh, the appointment because he's traveling supposedly now in Israel. Details coming up right here at JM and the AM. It's our Elul chauffeur blowing on a Wednesday morning at JM and the AM. Tinku, 
J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning broadcast with Avramel. It's Avram Freed. You heard Agutavach, and after that, you heard Hema. Nice selections from Avramel here at J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning on this 11th of August, the 3rd of Elul. Hope you're doing fine and dandy. Our Elul Chesed campaign continues. We will talk more about that in the 8 o'clock hour this morning here at J.M. in the A.M. Well, last week I had the honor of um, of hosting the um, New Jersey Jewish Business Alliance luncheon. And a uh, big thank you again to Duddy Rosenberg and everybody who worked so hard to make that a, real, a really effective uh, organization. And one of the benefits of being there, frankly, was I got to meet Jack uh, Cittarelli. And uh, Jack is the Republican candidate for governor of New Jersey. Yes, some of you may be surprised to hear it as a Republican candidate for governor in the state of New Jersey. But there is. And he's a real winner. I met him and uh, he has an amazing story, great background, has been a very effective public servant. And right now, as I said earlier in the show, I, I, I was 99% sure. Now I'm 100% sure. Right now he is in the state of Israel and uh, enjoying, no doubt, but no doubt also exploring some of the great things about the Holy Land. Um, you'll find him, by the way, online at a unique website and a unique web address, jack4nj.com. That's jack4, number 4, nj, meaning New Jersey, dot com. Uh, Jack Cittarelli, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Malcolm, it's great to be with you, and uh, my compliments. Um, you said my name perfectly last week, and you've done it again here twice this morning. Um, I-, I have trouble with it myself, but you've nailed it three times. I appreciate that. My mother would be proud, so thank you for for pointing that out. Uh, before we talk about New Jersey, tell me specifically about this trip. I mean, I, I can only imagine what you're learning and what you're seeing in the state of Israel. What's it been like for you so far? First, let me say, Nakam, that everyone that um, knew that I was coming to Israel said it would be a life-changing experience, and indeed it has been. Uh, we spent the first day in uh, Tel Aviv, the second day in Jerusalem. Uh, today we have visited Stero, and um, we're meeting with religious leaders, civic leaders, and, and certainly business leaders. Uh, I'm laying the groundwork for what a Chedorelli administration will do in partnership with our sister nation to improve relations, um, but certainly to continue with economic development in New Jersey. There's a great many entrepreneurs here that are looking to expand their business operations, and when they do, we want them to do that in New Jersey. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I always point this out to New Jersey public officials for some reason, and I'm a New Jersey kid, as you know, moved to New York when I got married. 
And, and uh, there's always been this comparison between Israel and New Jersey. Israel is the, basically the same size as New Jersey. There's always been this partnership with New Jersey. It seems that government has always uh, been quite friendly uh, when it comes to uh, you know issues regarding, meaning New Jersey government, uh, issues regarding Israel. There, there always has, has, there's been a symbiotic relationship between the Garden State and the state of Israel. Have you discovered that? I really have, and I've seen the beauty. I've now seen the beauty, or rather, I've now learned the danger. Um, but I've also met uh, a great many entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, that makes it very, very exciting here from an economic vitality standpoint. And um, again, we, we hope that those people will do business in New Jersey. But it's been a magnificent learning experience. Uh, I'll be coming home uh, late today. Right. Uh, but I will tell you, it's been three straight days of exceptional learning. And, uh, and I look forward as governor, uh, to working with our sister nation here, Israel. Yeah, it's pretty marvelous what people can accomplish in three days in Israel. You could uh, you could go north to south and see most of the country in that time, and no doubt you probably have. Now, Election Day, I'm assuming, and Jack Cittarelli is with us live via telephone, Republican candidate uh, for governor of uh, New Jersey. Um, uh, obviously, we're talking about uh, you know a couple of months away, Election Day, and uh, there are people who are I don't know if the word is satisfied or are simply impressed by the way that uh, the current governor was able to, um, you know, manage things in the state um, uh, during the pandemic. Um, I, I think some of the things he did were questionable. Uh, in, in light of yesterday's news, I'm sure you ha- you know what happened here in this state regarding uh, the leadership, uh, regarding the governor's position. I was a little confused why the governor of New Jersey felt it necessary to be part of an alliance with other governors and be concerned with what was happening in other states in the region during the whole pandemic. Did that seem bizarre to you, and especially in light of yesterday's news that he would associate with what was going on in other states? It does seem bizarre, uh, Nakam. It seems as though he's always looking for cover and can't seem to, to act uh, at all ever unilaterally mm. um, in, in governing our state, providing leadership. We even saw that with the recent example of asking for Andrew Cuomo's resignation. He <laughs> couldn't fly solo. He had to do it in partnership with four or five other Democratic governors. We've seen this time and again uh, with the governor. He just doesn't seem to want to demonstrate leadership. And again, with regard to his handling the pandemic, New Jersey leads the nation in nursing home debts because he ordered nursing homes to take in COVID-19 patients. One out of three small businesses have closed their doors forever because of his lockdowns that, in my opinion, were for too much for too long, and his lack of leadership in getting our children back in school. And with regard to schools come this September, he just recently made the decision of a, a K-12 through student mask mandate, uh, which really goes against the grain of a vast majority of parents who want that to be their decision. Um, This certainly does inhibit learning. It does infringe upon a student's emotional and intellectual development. And I just feel very strongly, I'm all about public health and safety, but I really do believe the decision as to whether or not children should be wearing masks should be left up to the parents. Yeah, well, in addition to that issue, which you've been very strong on, really the the two things that you've been focusing on and, and what else is there to focus on, public safety, you'd like to see rule of law, uh, seep back into our society, especially in the state of New Jersey, where you care about the most, rightfully so. And then, of course, you'd like to see a lower property taxes and the ability for somebody who's raising a family in New Jersey to make it financially. 
You bet, Naka. I mean, let's take a look at what's happened in three and a half years in office. He increased personal income taxes. He increased the business tax. It's now the highest in the nation. Increased property taxes. On top of significant gas tax increases, he increased tolls. And by the way, the public hearings on the toll increase he allowed and ordered to go forward during the shelter-in-place order. He borrowed $4.5 billion he didn't need to. And he told everybody that if Joe Biden was the president here in New Jersey, we would get back the salt deduction. The ability for us to deduct our state and local taxes on our federal tax return, that isn't going too well. Joe Biden has said no. Right. I can't think of any governor who has been more reckless with regard to the, the fiscal management of the state. Uh, this is the most anti-woman governor we've ever had with his track record with regard to women. The most anti-police, which is why crime is up around the state. And we're seeing things like closures, curfews along the Jersey Shore and the cancellation of firework displays. This isn't the New, the New Jersey I know and love. We need to get back there. Jack Cittarelli is with us. He's in Israel right now. He is candidate for uh, governor of New Jersey on the Republican side. Uh, I'm assuming you have another couple of minutes for me. I, I know that the, obviously you're really, really busy over there, which I totally get. Um, what, what did you think of the uh, I'm sure you've seen it. What do you think of the video? Uh, and I'm not I'm not taking a position on, on the vaccinations. I think everyone who listens to this show understands I've done nothing other than encourage our listeners and people in our community uh, because our community is split on this issue, as you know, you know, to get vaccinated, and, and we've certainly tried to bring on responsible voices. What do you think of that video where he was condemning those who were uh, concerned about the vaccination, who were protesting against the mandate of having to be vaccinated in order to enter certain facilities? Uh, that's not leadership, nor is it mutual respect. Like you, Nakam, uh, I am vaccinated. I encourage people to get vaccinated. I promoted it when I was vaccinated, but at the same time, I respect people's personal choices, and, uh, and I believe that's the right public policy. And um, listen, between the Delta variant and more and more employers forcing it upon their employees, I do think we'll see more vaccinations. Um, but um, to me, the, the governor is starting, if you will, to crack uh, under the pressure um, that he's feeling, brought onto it by himself with his own public policies and the way he goes about communicating his policies. Here's another example this week. You know, you do a, you do a K-12 through student mask mandate, and then you run out of the country for 11 days to your Italian villa. Yeah, I hear that. Um, yeah, the uh, starting to crack is an interesting way to put it because the reaction that he had in that video is certainly one that seemed bizarre. And by the way, people who are listening, and I know there are plenty of people who are listening who are, uh, uh, especially in the state of New Jersey, we know what direction the state's been going in, uh, people in our community who would like Governor Murphy to come onto this show, we welcome that. You could certainly... Uh, arrange it with me, but uh, I, I want to tell you something. I met Jack uh, Cittarelli last week, and I'm glad I did. It put a, uh, it put a face behind the name of, uh, of the person who's running for governor in New Jersey who's on the Republican side, and he just made a tremendous impression. And Jack, uh, and by the way, he's in Israel right now if you're just tuning in. Uh, Jack, I, I mean, finally, I, I've got to say it, and, I, and I, I, I'm sure you have a good answer for it, but y you know that the, what the direction is in the state of New Jersey, and you know what the... Um, likelihood is in terms of um uh in terms of the voting block um and and which way it's going and which way it's going to sway on election day um is is there a way to uh convince enough people in the state of new jersey that the direction that the state's been going in uh, is simply not good for new jersey's future is there a way for your message which, again, if I wouldn't have met you, I don't know if it would have been as effective. The problem is you can't meet every resident of New Jersey. Is there a way to get this message across and make real progress? 
Hey, listen, Nakam, a campaign is defined by its candidate, its energy, and its message, and I'm very confident in all three. And there is a pathway to victory here. I'm not the sacrificial lamb of the Republican Party, uh, nor am I on any type of uh, um, a fool's errand. I'm in it to win it. And know this, in New Jersey, over the last four-plus decades, Republicans have won six of the last ten gubernatorial elections. In fact, no incumbent Democratic governor has been reelected in more than 43 years. Not Jim Florio, not Jim McGreevy, not John Corzine. And I think Bill Murphy's actually worse than all three of them combined. Um, he's not mainstream. He's not Main Street. So there's a real opportunity. And one more very compelling point, Malcolm. Two years ago, Bill Murphy lost his midterms. Two years ago, Republicans did something they hadn't done in 28 years. We picked up seats in the state legislature. And in my mind, that was the beginning of the beginning of the rejection of Bill Murphy's policies. So there's a real opportunity here, and I'm not suggesting it's going to be easy. It's not supposed to be. But know this, I'm in it to win it, and there's a pathway to victory. Wow, interesting. Wow. Look, uh, I, I'm so glad we met. I, I mean, there's no question you uh, you laid out both of the event where I saw you in this morning, uh, a, a, a relatively simple plan uh, to get things on track in the state of New Jersey. And we know that um, the governors who've gone back to basics over the last year or two around this country, those are the states that are flourishing. I think you'd agree with that, right? I would agree with that 100%. Knock. I'm an NBA CPA and two-time uh, successful small business owner in New Jersey. I know exactly what it is we need to do to make New Jersey a much more compelling place to do business, a place, a place that creates good-paying jobs, a place where people feel confident they can achieve their American dream. And that's what my comments were all about uh, last week when we met at the New Jersey Jewish Business Alliance. I mean, that type of audience is a real sweet spot for me because I'm telling you, um, we're going to be open for business when I'm governor, and that's what this trip to Israel is very much about. Yeah, well, our, our community certainly is thankful for that. Uh, Jack, good luck. The website is jack4nj.com, jack, the number four, nj.com. Uh, have a safe trip back, and thanks to the report from the Holy Land. Knock, and thank you for the opportunity. I'm looking forward to next time. Appreciate that very much. I am as well. Jack Cittarelli is the Republican candidate for governor in the state of New Jersey. And uh, frankly, before last week, I don't know if I would have uh, been able to identify who the Republican candidate for governor in the state of New Jersey is. Um, but we had an opportunity to meet, and he was very, very impressive. Very impressive. Um, we'll see what happens. Website is jack4nj.com. Governor of the state of New Jersey, uh, you are more than invited uh, to speak with us about all these issues on the air and make your case to be reelected in November. We'll see if he takes advantage of that offer. JM in the AM Wednesday with 74 degrees, a mix of clouds and sun, maybe a shower, a thunderstorm, and a high temperature of 93. You want to call to your attention for you early morning risers. Someone sent me a text yesterday. <laughs> Someone sent me a text yesterday. They were up at, um, they had to go to the airport really early in the morning. And where is this text? They had to go to the airport really early in the morning, like 4 a.m. And they sent me a text. I don't understand how you wake up at 4.30 daily. <laughs> well, I want to tell you something, folks. I love what I do, and it's great getting out of bed to come here and speak with you every single morning. I consider it an honor, and it is a real pleasure. But sometimes you need to pick me up. 
Those of us who are up at 4, 4.30, 5 o'clock, you out there who's up early, you need a little pick-me-up in the morning. Our friends at Gaia Coffee are trying to get your attention and doing a good job at it. A lot of people in our community are, are discovering it. Gaia Coffee, G-A-I-A. Gaia Coffee is basically a uh, coffee cup of fresh brewed coffee without the mess, without the pachka, without having to do anything. You take a Gaia coffee bag from the French roast bag or the uh, decaf blend bag or the Red Deer espresso bag or the blue velvet bag. You just simply just take a coffee bag, you toss it in a, a nice uh, hot cup of water, you wait a couple of minutes, and you have an unbelievably tasting fresh brewed cup of coffee. What do you mean? It's not fresh brewed. Yeah, but it tastes fresh brewed. It's absolutely delicious. Check it out online, GaiaCoffee.com, G-A-I-A, coffee.com, also available in some of the supermarkets in our community, and they are a proud sponsor of JM and AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Gaia Coffee, G-A-I-A. Gaia Coffee. Try it out. I want someone out there, I want everyone out there who are coffee drinkers to try it, and then let me know if I'm right, that it tastes like a fresh brewed cup of coffee. A lot of people in this audience are makbid. Fresh brewed. It's got to be fresh brewed there, coffee. A lot of people are very particular when it comes to that. So let me hear. Let me hear if uh, the Gaia coffee bag is in fact a uh, a delicious fresh brewed cup of coffee. I need to know. Hey, a big shout out to Seth Levitt, CEO at Abel's and Hyman. Seth Levitt, the expert on kosher delicious meat, he did a Q&A earlier this week on Instagram where he literally allowed us to come visit the factory. Now, I've done this. I have visited the factory. It doesn't matter. There's no reason to go there live and in person anymore. Seth went ahead and invited everybody through Instagram to see how the hot dogs are made and to see the incredible machines that make up the facility. Those machines are incredible. I'm always intrigued by those who create those machines for the specific purpose of decasing hot dogs thousands at a time. That drives me nuts that people are able to build those machines to specifications and perfection. So amazing and so incredible. What was I watching the other night? The other night I was somewhere in a waiting room, and uh, they were showing on the History Channel how the tractor was invented and the, the, the difference it made in plowing a field when you know all these different parts from previous um, technology were put together to, to form a tractor. Anyway, this stuff fascinates me. I remember as a kid, I was invited. Shia Segal, as I've said on the air a million times, was of blessed memory, was my first cousin, very, very well-known in Israeli journalism, uh, first as a photographer and then as an advisor to prime ministers, etc. Uh, anyway, so Shia Segal worked for Mariv, and he took me as a kid to see the Mariv uh, newspaper being printed. And all I focused on was how on earth they build these machines. Like, it's really cool to see it being printed and all that. I was, that was nice and fascinating. But all I kept focusing on was how did they build these machines, that, they would, that these machines were able to do exactly this. Anyway, so Abels and Hyman, Seth Levitt showed us that this week. Now go to your supermarket and, um, and enjoy the payoff. Enjoy the payoff of all that hard work going on by the staff of A&H uh, by having their delicious hot dogs and sausages and all their brand-new products and 
So much of a product line. You can check it all out at kosherdogs.net, kosherdogs.net. Enjoy a 10% discount with promo code radio. Thank you to A&H. Make sure to try A&H today.
Wednesday morning with Eighth Day in Yalili at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and AlchemSegal.com and the AlchemSegal Network, and of course in the beloved NSN app. But one of the people who was uh, most enthusiastic about our uh, Nissan Chesed campaign, and no doubt is enthusiastic about the fact that we have announced an Elul Chesed campaign, is Rabbi Sam Klibanoff. You may recall that we visited Congregation Eitzchayim in Livingston, New Jersey, just a couple of months ago. Had an amazing show with some great guests uh, with Rabbi Klibanoff and many others. And um, it was during that show that we spoke about the uh, not only the synagogue and the community and what's going on in Livingston and with the synagogue is amazing, but we spoke about the responsibility that congregations, specifically his, uh, take to help as many people as possible worldwide in our community. It's one of the reasons why his congregation was one of the groups that really, really reacted uh, to the Chesed campaign that we had in um, back in Nissan before Pesach. So I've asked Rabbi Klibanoff to join me as we uh, continue to accelerate. I know it's still three and a half weeks before Yontif, but we are accelerating, slowly accelerating the Elul Chesed campaign here at JM in the AM. Rabbi Sam Klibanoff, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Great to be here with you. I appreciate that very much. Let me bring everyone up to speed as to what's going on. We have a Elul Chesed campaign where we're simply, again, asking people to do nice things for others before Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot, whether it be financial or otherwise. It could be a small gesture. It could be something that costs no money. It could be giving someone the thousands of dollars they need or a small amount of money they need, whatever it might be, before Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot. We have specifically designated, and again, I, I stress that we have no vested interest in this other than seeing a lot of people get what they need. Um, uh, Leora Teji, our dear friend in Yerushalayim, continues to provide every single week massive packages of food for terror victims and their families, those who have been put in very difficult financial situations, the majority of them because they literally were victims of terror attacks over the last 20 years. So we're recommending terror-victims.org.il, terror-victims.org.il. People can give there give any amount and participate. And I just want to share, and I'll ask for your patience for a moment, Rabbi Klibanoff. I just want to share with everybody a uh, just an example of what Leora Teji sent me yesterday. And I had an opportunity to read some of this on the air yesterday morning. She is spending $4,000 in advance of Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot on challahs. She's spending $2,500 before Rosh Hashanah on honey. She is spending uh, $1,500 before Yontif on onions, $4,500 on carrots, over $6,000 on apples, $50,000 on chickens. Um, seltzer, cases of seltzer, $1,500 before Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot. Just to give you an example of what it costs to help multiple families in Yerushalayim and other parts of Israel who are in difficult situations before Yontif. That's been our recommendation. And then yesterday, last night, was the Kupath Ezra uh, the Kupath Ezra um, uh, fundraiser, the the annual summer Asifa. I had the pleasure of uh, hosting it. It was pre-recorded. I was hired to do so. I was very open about that. But one of the things we discovered, uh, because of Kupath Ezra's work, they opened up our eyes to a specific segment of our community, single mothers and their children. And we, of course, always now say single parents and their children because they're multiple um, uh, people that are involved in situations like this, men and women. Um, but of course, the majority of them are women. 
Uh, so they were focusing on single mothers and their children. And they brought this category to our attention, and I included this in my pitch that people should keep this category in mind. And Rabbi Klibanoff, this is a category that's not just in New York and New Jersey. It's nationwide and it's international. And isn't it interesting how sometimes we just need our eyes opened to specific people in really difficult situations who are in need of our help? I mean, yes, because we're, we're always aware of so many causes around us. And, you know, we wish uh, we could help every single one. And then, you know, I, I just noticed in the news, and it just struck me that it was 20 years since the Sabaro right. terror attack. And it occurred to me that we probably kind of lost focus because it was right before 9-11. Right. And so many families, you know, have been affected. And uh, it, someone just has to open your eyes to it. And if we could see it and say, like, you know, here's something tangible that you can do, uh, which is exactly the experience that we had in Nissan. And I'm so, so happy that you're uh, bringing this to the fore again because, you know, we always say, like, you know, you say it's too early, but I say repent now and avoid the June rush. <laughs> we, we, we said it's never too early to have the, uh, the mitzvahs and the merits and the zechiyos, so call a kavod to you. Well, I appreciate that, and that's why I asked you on. I asked you on because of the timing of this. I, and you could, you could ask my wife. You could ask my staff. I have had this pent-up energy since Tisha B'Av, since the trip back from Israel. I've had this pent-up energy to get to this Chesed campaign. I couldn't stop talking about it. At home, I was bouncing around different ideas of what to implement and what to announce because there's so many different angles. By the way, I didn't even mention Rabbi Klibanoff, something really dear to your heart and to your congregation's collective heart, which is that NCSY is opening Great Adventure this year, and we are again asking people not only to give tickets for underprivileged families but to focus on single parents and their children this time around, so th- there's just so many components. It's endless, as I know you know. But I had all this pent-up energy, and I was so excited to get here Monday morning because I had announced for weeks that it would be Rosh Chodesh Elul that we announced this. And I'm sitting in Shul Shabbos morning, and please, people, do not criticize me for not real- realizing this until laning took place, okay? <laughs> please don't criticize me for that. Thank God I realized it during laning. And we're reading Parshas Re'eh on Erev Rosh Chodesh Elul. On Air Rochelle, as Nahum Siegel is sitting there waiting to get on the air Monday morning to talk about Chesed. And it's and it's Air literally, and Parshas Re is my son's bar mitzvah sedra is being read. And we come across Perak Tesvav, uh Psukim, let's see, it's Psukim Zion through Yudalif. And I'm gonna read it in English, so everybody out there is included and nobody uh, you know. And, and everyone will understand what's going on. If there's a destitute, and I'll, I'll paraphrase, sum up, etc. as I do this. If there's a destitute person among you, any of your brethren, anywhere, in the land that Hashem has given you, you shall not harden your heart or close your hand against your brother. Rather, you should open your hand to him, lend him his requirement, whatever's lacking. Beware lest there be a lawless thought in your heart. What's the lawless thought? The seventh year is approaching, and we are approaching a Shemitah year, folks, aren't we? And the Torah actually says this. The seventh year is approaching, and you'll look upon your destitute brother and refuse to give him, and he may appeal to you, against you to Hashem, and it'll be a sin upon you. You should surely give him. What's the point? The point is during Shemitah or in advance of Shemitah, people are panicking that they're not going to have enough food. They're not going to have food during the year that the land is laying fallow. So they're going to panic, and if someone asks them for their needs, if someone asks them for what they need, they're not going to give it to them because they have to worry about their own. Seventh year approaches. You'll look upon your destitute brother and refuse to give him. Surely give him and let your heart not feel bad when you give him. For in return for this matter, Hashem will bless you in all your deeds and in your every undertaking. 
Yivarechecha, Biglal Hadavar Hazay, Yivarecha, Shemalokecha, Bechol Masecha, Bechol Mishlach Yedecha. For destitute people will not cease to exist within the land. Therefore, I command you, open your hand to your brother, to your poor, and to your destitute in your land. So, Rabbi Klibanov, I am in Shul Shabbos morning, <laughs> and we come across this paragraph, and I'm saying to myself, oh my gosh, what a coincidence. We're on Erev, Erev or Shodesh Elul. I am focusing on what people need for Rosh Hashanah and Sukkis, and Erev Shemitah year, and look what God's saying to us. God's saying, no matter what reason you come up with, even the best of reasons, that you know it's going to be a hard year coming up. So the best of reasons you have to say no to your friend who's in need, not only should you give, you should give, because if you do give, you're going to be blessed like crazy. What are your thoughts? I just told you my thoughts as this was being read. What do you think of this passage in the Torah? Amazing. For, so I have one of my uh, congregants, a dear congregant, Laser Rothenberg. He says that there's no such thing as a coincidence. It's just God is waving hello. Yep. And that, first of all, that's the passage that we always read before Yisker. Right. And that's why we have the mitzvah to give uh, tzedakah before Yisker. Right. And if you look at many of the mefarshim there, many of the Torah commentaries, they emphasize the fact that there's always a double language used. Patoch tiftach naton titain. And I, I, I recall that in the commentary of Rabbi Shamsher Rafal Hirsch, he says there that the reason of the double emphasis when all the giving mitzvahs are because anyone has the ability to be involved, wealthy or not. You can give, everybody can give something. And it's not necessarily giving funds, but if you give your attention, you give your ear, you give your kindness, you give your resources, you give your skill. Your time. The, exactly. Ramosh Shafantian is a tshuva about giving miser, that you have to give 10% of your time. Wow. It's a dakar. Wow. And I, I'll tell you this also. I, when I was in, we missed each other in Israel, and I feel so fortunate my wife and I were able to go to Israel. I almost feel guilty saying it. <laughs> um, but we had the opportunity to sit in, in Harbracha with Rabbi Lezer Malamed. I don't know if any, too many people know here in America, but he's considered sort of like the preeminent posek Chacham in the Dati Lumi community in the yeshiva world in Harbracha. Right. And I asked him sort of, what's the message, like what should the message be for American Jewry? And he, he virtually quoted this Pasuk, and he said that through you should come bracha. That you should be the source, we should inspire other people to bring blessing into the world. And in all the years that I've known you, I don't think I can recall a time where you have been more enthusiastic, and you get pretty enthusiastic about a lot of things. <laughs> But I can't recall you being more enthusiastic than you were in Nissan, and now you are in Elul because, you know what, you're in the mitzvah business. And that's just its absolutely phenomenal. And your, your enthusiasm rubs off on others, and that's what inspired us, and I'm, I'm sure it inspires thousands of others during this period as we go into the Yom and Arayim. So that's, that's really incredible on your part. Well, I appreciate that. Sometimes it takes a lifetime to learn a lesson, but I'm glad at least, you know, we're happy that we actually learn it because there are a lot of people who go a lifetime and never learn a lesson. It's taken a while to get to this point, and there has been enthusiasm over the last many decades for many different things, including mitzvos. But now we've really stepped up our game. Now we are just, you know, I, I am all in, so to speak, when it comes to reminding people how any little gesture, anything, on a weekly basis before Shabbos, certainly before Yuntif, and really all year round. But you know how it is. You can't <laughs> if you do a campaign twelve months a year, it's not an effective campaign. <laughs> so, so we don't do it year round, but we designate specific times to talk about specific things, like we've done with 
you know, no, no, no secret like we've done with the with the Great Adventure ticket thing. I don't think anybody else uh, was focused on on how those could be uh, uh, important methods of giving stucca. Uh, by designating tickets, and now we've adjusted that a drop. That in addition to the families that we want to help, we have to keep in mind specifically people who are in really, really difficult situations. As uh, as um, Kupath Ezra opened my eyes, single mothers, single parents, and their children who are in really difficult situations. And that is, by the way, folks, such an effective manner to give your time, homework, learning, taking a kid to school uh, where the mother's not able to. Um, uh, certainly finances, uh, no question about it. But there's so many little things that can be rides when it's impossible. One of the things, you know, one of the Hasidic men that I interviewed last night in the roundtable, Rabbi Klibanov, made such a point, and, and maybe because of his background, I, I didn't even, you know, it, it looked a little unexpected to me. But, I mean, you know, he's a father. and he, he made the same point any other father would. And that was that when two parents are coordinating, you know, I'll pick up this one, you do this, you know, can you cover me on this? You know, you, at least you have a partner. You have a partner who's able to, when you're alone, Imagine a parent who's alone has to navigate all of that aside from the breadwinning, but has to navigate just the, the, the machinations, just the logistics of the home. It's, it's, it's almost impossible. I'm sure you come across this on a regular basis. People who are in situations where they're just, you know, where the loneliness is, is difficult psychologically and loneliness is difficult practically. And it comes out most around Yuntif. Right. Which are family oriented times. Right. And, it, and, yeah, and you have the. the the two things coming together of Yontif and the beginning of school. Right. You know, there's so much preparation that has to take place for school in terms of buying clothes or school supplies, uh, coordinating rides to and from school, the orientations when they have those half days to begin, things like that. And then you have Yontif, and there's so many people who are in that segment of the community that kind of feel alienated uh, because everybody has big families together, and, and people are in a situation where they don't. It's something that you know we don't think about. So yep. you're bringing it to our attention. And there's another, by the way, there's another late August pressure. I remember, I remember, I once said to my wife in uh, at the beginning of August, "Why is there so much money in the bank?" And she said, "We haven't paid tuition during the summer. It's only ten months of the year." Said, oh yeah, that's why. So you know how many people are trying to arrange how they're going to be able to pay tuition starting at the end of August? That's another big headache and and difficulty that people are facing, whether they you know. Have have a partner or not. So all of this together, it's endless. It's endless. I could sit here all day with you, and as we did in Nissan, and think of a million ways that people could help others. And, you know, so like I say, it's endless. But uh, but we got to start somewhere. So some of these things I'm bringing to people's attention will hopefully strike their fancy. I, again, want to just emphasize that those of you who want to help the poor of Jerusalem, Leora Tedji continues on a, I don't know how she does it, every single week. What an effort to deliver food to people in great need. And now before uh, Yuntif, uh, $50,000 worth of chicken uh, and so many other categories I went through before, uh, you can go to terror-victims.org.il. Simply hit the donate button, terror-victims.org.il. Simple as that. And all the other information about all the things that we're bringing up, whether it's great adventure tickets or anything else, we will certainly get to as we get closer and closer to the holiday. But right now it's just a matter of laying the groundwork, the framework for what hopefully will be a chesed-filled month leading up to um, leading up to Rosh Hashanah. And all we ask for, Rabbi Klibanov, is a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. I can't give any guarantees, but based on the psukim that you and I were just discussing, the odds are better. Once you, once you give to others, the odds are better that one will be blessed with what they want in the brand new year. Yes, well, also in those psukim, we have Aser to Aser about giving a tenth. Right. And Chazal teaches us that's one of the areas you're allowed to test God. 
you allowed to say, look, I did my part. I'm showing you the books. Right. You, have to, you have to pay back tenfold. So I said, I should pay that share. So uh, we don't do it on that condition, right. but uh, we certainly we, we do it for the right reasons, and we hope that um, you know because of campaigns such as the one you're running right now and bringing to our attention people that we may not have thought of or causes we may not have thought of or acts of kindness that we could do that we may not have thought of that we'll be in better stead when it comes to you may have been. Yeah, so, I'm main that's, to that. That's the whole idea, and, and we should, you should just continue with your, your strength and your uh, ability to bring this message to so many people because uh, you have the platform. As I always say it when I'm here, you're the rabbi of Kali Yisrael. So you, uh, you, are, you are teaching us well, Nachum. You leave me speechless, but I thank you so much. Continued success to you. Best regards to the entire congregation at time and to your family out in Livingston, New Jersey. And whether we speak before or not, I will take this opportunity to wish you a Shana Tova Mituka. Thank you. Same to you. And uh, we are all in with you as well. I appreciate that very much. Uh, one of the things that... Uh, one of the greatest feelings we had in Nissan was knowing that leaders like Rabbi Klibanov and his shul were just getting more and more and more active in the area of chesed. And trust me, they are always active in the area of chesed. It's not like they discovered it because of me. Uh, but they were getting more and more and more involved as they heard more and more about our campaign, which is just amazing and incredible. More coming up. It is a uh, Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM. Hey! 
ניתן לך במתנה. דבר גדול, דבר נפלא. אלוקים נתן לך במתנה את החיים על פני האדמה. נתן לך את הלילה והיום, אהבה, תקווה וחלום, קיץ חורף סתבבי. נשמה טובה להביט סביב. נתן לך שדות ירוקים, פרחים ועצים מלבלבים, נערות נחלים וימים, שמיים ירח כוכבים. אלוקים נתן לך במתנה דבר גדול, דבר נפלא. אלוקים נתן לך במתנה את החיים על פני האדמה. נתן לך חגים ושבתות את ישראל ידיים וראש להגשים חלומות, נתן לך את כל הנפלאות. נתן לך דברים כל כך יפים, להביא לעולם ילדים, להאזין לשירים לראות צבעים, אומר אבו מעשיך. מתנה קטנה אך נפלאה. אלוקים, תן לי רק עוד מתנה. את השלום על פני האדמה.
Zusha. That's Zusha. Song is officially called Peace. Here at JM in the AM. Before that, the um, Eitan Freilach selection, Hamalach. You heard Elohim Natan. That was uh, Yaakov Shweki. And um, Avi de Levante opened up that set with Hallelujah here at JM and the AM. Well, the governor of New York resigned yesterday. There's a new governor coming in in two weeks, somebody who we've had on the air. Uh, and we figured we'd get the uh, reaction to all of this. Uh, from somebody who really knows what's going on up in Albany, especially as it relates to our community. And that's Maury Litwack, of course, who um, is the executive director of Teach NYS in New York and um, and has been involved with the state government for God knows how long. Maury Litwack, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Nothing. I always tell you, I only come on for breaking news, only when we have major developments. <laughs> I like that. Uh, uh, your reaction to yesterday's breaking news? Well, I mean, I think this is something we were watching play out over the last few months, um, and everyone was sort of just waiting to see. People um, sort of forget, but the governor of New York is one of the three arguably most important governors in the state, I mean, in the country. So you have Texas, you have California, you have New York. It's a, it's a top 10 top 15 most important political position in the country, and we are now going to be having a new governor. The first um, female governor ever in the state of New York is incoming Governor Kathy Hochul. Did you feel over the last few days that the governor had no choice but to resign, meaning did you say to yourself at all that there was a way, a path, that he could stay in office? I think everyone who's, who who follows Albany politics and follows the uh, the sort of local state uh, minutia uh, re- really did not believe that he had a path that uh, would not lead to his resignation. So that, I think everyone, including myself, really believed that this was really the only place this was going with the pending impeachment, with the now um, criminal investigation. Uh, the, the belief really was that this was, was the only path that he was going to. I think everyone was a little surprised that it was you know, yesterday, right. uh, as opposed to him dragging it out or doing it a month from now or two months from now. Uh, so I think that that came as a surprise. And in terms of his actual goodbye, his speech yesterday, did you find anything unusual or he just essentially, you know, strategized and, and, and felt that or, or went ahead and executed the speech, you know, in the direction that he felt was best for whatever he plans on doing in the future? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's it's. Um, the political graveyard is riddled with the speeches of elected officials <laughs> resigning yeah. and and um, right, contrite and mea culpa and all these other things. And so um, I'm sure I'm sure some political scholar writes a book about this and analyzes what they say and how they say it and do it. But uh, the news of the day yesterday was was really less about him and more about the new governor. Yeah, that's true. And we will talk about the new governor in a minute. Uh, but I need your I need your evaluation. Maury Litwack is with us. I mean, you know, there, there's a, a handful of people that I could ask this to, and you're among them. I mean, what grade do you give this governor's administration when it comes to our community? You know the issues that are most dear to our community. It's not just education and tuition, which, of course, you spearhead the effort on behalf of that one. But there are many other things as well. I think I think they're almost all obvious to people who are listening, you know, the issues that are important to our community. What kind of grade do you give this governor and his staff in terms of uh, interacting with 
and trying to satisfy the needs of our community? I think it was it was it really depends on the issue on on education. For example, I've been on the show before. He was a very strong advocate for education funding and um, and and from the, for that, I think we're very grateful. There was a lot of things that he did uh, that were were first of its kind, um, and and he was supportive of it. And he right. spoke very loudly about supporting every kid, including yeshivas and non-public school kids. Right. In terms of um, security funding, he was the first governor to come out with strong security funding and protections for um, for schools and schools. And that again is something that he was very strong on. And again, really led the nation, which led a lot other other governors and states to to do that as well. So I think those are, are are key. And he was a very ardent, strong supporter of Israel, very publicly when others uh, were not. So I think on those things, he was very very good on the on the um, on his communication and messaging to the community during uh, the pandemic. Uh, that was something that 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 was uh, um, not good. I mean, he he wasn't. Uh, and I think universally the community felt that he wasn't messaging to them uh, in a way where where um, where they they understood his positions um, and and they felt that, that that the way he was talking about the community publicly, the way he was communicating, uh, he was doing so in a in a in a very um, both aggressive way and in a way which uh, people the community felt that they were uh, at times targeted. They felt that they were singled out. And I think on that, in over the last year in particular. Um, he, his, 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 um, score on that would be very, very poor. What, what? So I think this was an, un, un, it was, this was a, a, uh, really an, a relationship based on, you know, which issue, uh, you wanted to pick out that he was involved in. What a, an important point you're making. What an important point you're making, because I, I was saying to myself, you know, why was I, for instance, because everyone knows about my Twitter campaign to get him on to talk about summer camps. And, and I felt that any other issue. A campaign like that, after 45 days, any other issue, he would either come on or had someone address, at least acknowledge that you know that there was somebody out there in the Jewish world who was you know who who was anxious to speak to somebody about it. And what's funny is, I think you just nailed it. That when it came to the schools, when it came to the schools, and it came to the camps, he just he, he had a a, a a it was as if he was as if he was ignoring our needs and our pleas. And, and, and based on what you said earlier, when it came to other issues, he was not like that when it came to our community. But when it came to COVID, for some reason, that was the direction he went in. And I think we just, I think we felt neglected, sort of, you know, sort of abandoned by the governor when it came uh, to the way he handled COVID, you know, on a community scale. Yeah, and I, th- I think in politics, relationships are extremely important and keeping those relationships are extremely important. And so we, we went, before COVID, we saw this gov- this, this governor uh, attending events, speaking to the community members, holding leadership meetings, and things like that. And then, you know, once COVID hit, it just the communication channels were not not open. Right. And I think I think I think in the community's mind, um, and really the word on the street, quote unquote, um, I, I think he his his that that his for his reputation and his um, record within the community. I, I think, despite many things that he did from a policy perspective, which were very positive. Um, you know, people will remember that last year and a half, two years, and uh, and and you know, we have to look at the total package of any elected official, right. um, both both the good and the bad. And I, I think when you have uh, Nuffum Siegel ma- um, mounting a campaign, I haven't seen mu- Nuffum mount a lot of campaigns against politicians. I certainly don't think that's a good sign. You know, it's funny because maybe that's why his statewide support at this point evaporated. 
because he was excellent at wholesaling. Ask the media. They'll tell you how fantastic, you know, how America's governor did during COVID. They couldn't stop lauding him. But when it came to not just our community, but when it came to the retail, to being in touch with and, and, and holding the hand of specific communities and segments in New York State, Maybe that was something he neglected. You gave me a really interesting perspective that I think about regarding this whole episode. Maury Litwack is with us live via telephone. All right. Uh, you know that we've had the uh, incoming governor on the air. Always seems extremely friendly and really gracious. A, re- a real upstater, some may say, <laughs> in terms of what we're used to from some of the people down here. Um, more of a praise for her, not a criticism of those uh, down here. What, what do you expect? What do you expect a- a- from somebody who I guess we have to call an interim governor at this point, right? I mean, she'll have an election coming up uh, next year, right, at this point? Yeah, it's funny, by the way, to you. So her official title, even as lieutenant governor, people would call her governor. They would never call her lieutenant governor. They would say governor. Right. Now she's going to be the, the incoming governor. Um, but I think she's a, you know, I saw a quote that said that she is, uh, her style is, is less combative, um, more of a charm offensive. And I, I think it goes beyond that. I, I think this is someone who is not going to have a lot of learning on the job about the community. This is someone who has prided herself in traveling up and down the state constantly. I mean, let me just give you one example, Liz Nussum. Sure. Over the last 100 days, I've been with incoming Governor Kathy Hochul to two yeshivas, one in Far Rockaway, one in Flatbush. Wow. She proactively reached out to me and said, Maury, we want to go to these places and do this. I mean, this is she was at a Westchester rally against anti-Semitism a month or so ago. Uh. I mean, this is who, this is who she is. She, she, she knows the community. She's visited the community. She's been there. I mean, I, at one of these yeshivas we visited – in the middle of a very arranged tour, and you know how these tours are very down to the minute enough of them. Right. She took the time to, to stop and, and be interviewed by two student reporters and spent five to ten minutes talking about um, the rise of anti-Semitism, why people are afraid to wear their yarmulke around the community and things like that. I mean, this is, this is not someone who, who has to learn on the job um, about our community. This is someone who understands her issues. She, she spoke before our mission to Albany, which we always come and talk to you about on the show now, some, she spoke before 700 online participants, but she's been in person speaking, and she spoke about more funding for STEM education for our kids, funding for security for our, our community. I mean, she, she knows these issues. This is, this is what she, she has – it's not just prepared for. She's acted and behaved like, as, as, as ready to be in this position uh, for, for half a dozen years. Because this is someone who cares greatly about New Yorkers, including the Jewish community, including the mm-hmm. community. Uh, for for a very long time, so uh, I, I think this is a this is this is this is someone who the community, if if if, the, if her current sort of awareness and name ID in the community is low right now, I, I believe that that's going to skyrocket quickly. And this is not someone who stays upstate. This is not someone who stays in Albany. This is someone who's going to be visiting and touring our community with great frequency. Maury Litwack is with us. I, I'm not going to make you say this. I'll say it. Many of us are concerned about who the next governor will be, and I'm talking about after her short term will end uh and of course with the direction that things are going politically in this city in this state people worry about what type of um a governor might be the next governor with that in mind um she may have a real legitimate shot to be elected i don't want to say reelected because she wasn't really elected <laughs> to this new position but she may have a real shot to be elected because if if in fact she is the way you describe and the way the feeling that we get uh, when we've uh, spoken with her on the air um, if she just reaches out uh, to the downstate communities in an effective fashion, it seems from what you just said, she makes an effort to do that. She really can be a popular Democrat throughout the entire state. Do you agree that she's probably the, I mean, 
I, I guess we should wait a couple of months before we say this, but could could she be the odds-on favorite at this point? Funny, I saw a, um, uh, a tweet from Nate Silver, who is the well-known pollster, um, who is basically showing that uh, I think 10 out of the last 11 Democratic uh, incumbent governors who took over for um, their predecessor, um, 10 out of 11 um, were reelected. So incumbency is definitely a powerful thing, and that's not something that can sort of be discounted. So uh, I, I do believe that based on just the fact that she is the incumbent, I do think that gives her uh, an edge in, in a reelection uh, campaign. Um, but that being said, I do think it's our community's responsibility to make sure to, to, um, to um, extend – uh, you know, if you have an elected official like this who not talking about the election, but just talking day to day, if you have an elected official like this who wants to visit downstate, who wants to be uh, upstate, uh, it's our communities of bias in general to make sure that 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 if you're a, listening to this and you're a, 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 a have a have a shul or you have a camp or you have a school or anything else like that, this this is this is the incoming governor. And and the term lasts for another, uh, I, I think, 15 months or so. So right. it's it's, you know, that's through this now Delta variant. It's through the next budget cycle. It's through a lot of things that are happening. Um, and it's, it's uh, whether you call it interim or not, she, she is the governor of the largest Jewish population in the country. All right. By the same token, you would, you would emphasize, I'm sure, and I'm sure your office discusses this, that anybody who becomes a candidate and is recognized as a major candidate in either party, uh, leadership in our community has to make sure to have a good relationship with them and, and reach out to whatever degree they can. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, look at look at this last mayoral race. Um, I, I think I think uh, Eric Adams' victory is is something where where um, he attributed, and uh, a lot of community members would attribute to the fact that community members made a concerted effort to get to know to know him. Um, a lot of people were involved in that in that race, and I think at the end of the day, uh, candidates for higher office, um, well, candidates for any office, if they if they ignore the Jewish community or their Jewish constituencies. Uh, that's at their peril. Uh, that that yeah. that can cost an election. But by the that's same token, but by the same token, we can't ignore them. Also, a hundred percent. We have to do both. We have to do both. But uh, but, th- but those who those who it, the it, it's really a two way street. Um, and I think you know, incoming new governor, people shouldn't say, "Well, I don't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know her." It's gonna be hard to 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 know her. I think it's important to get to know her, just like yeah. it's important to get to know. Uh, incoming mayor and incoming city council member and and and, and board of education, etc. These things, are, these relationships, we must have. Yeah, and they expect it. It's not like they look at it as insincere. They they expect people of interest to reach out to them and to and, and to want to form a relationship. So let's go ahead and do them. A hundred percent. Community members, community members are important. They have to understand their importance. Whether it's you at, in, in charge of a school of school as a president or a school board or you're uh, the, the head of a very, very popular radio program <laughs> that gets online and says, hey, you got to show up, we got to get those camps open. So whatever it is you're doing, get active. Yeah, 100%. Everyone has their way to do it, and everyone has an opportunity to do it. Now you just have to do it, folks. Simple as that. Uh, Maury, I thank you for this. Uh, continued success in all you do, and uh, let's hope that the relationship with the new governor will, in fact, be as positive as you expect. Amen. Thank you, Nachum. Maury Litwack, Executive Director, Teach NYS, and uh, really so many other titles at the OU and uh, does so much to um, ensure that our community has a good relationship with many, many public officials. Not just the incoming governor, but many public officials on many different levels and in many different states. Wednesday morning broadcast, plenty more coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM.
מדוע אתם שותקים? מדוע אתם שותקים רבותיי? מה אתם מחכים? J.M. in the A.M. Uvala Ovdim done by your Shlomo Kalbach, Yaakov Shweki, and Baruch Hashem before that <coughs> here at J.M. in the A.M. Ah, uh, what a day, huh? What a day. Looking back at the, uh, 
announcement from the governor of New York yesterday. My thanks to Maury Litwack for helping us piece together that information. It's a uh, it's pretty remarkable, frankly. Um, all the changes that we have seen over the last few weeks. Really unbelievable. Uh, my thanks to uh, Rabbi Sam Klibanoff, Congregation 8 Chaim in Livingston. There are many rabbis and congregations who took our Chesed campaign very, very seriously back in Nissan. But I don't know if anybody to the degree of Rabbi Klibanoff and his congregation, and I thank him for that. Uh, get your congregation aboard. Um, make some suggestions. Make suggestions in your own shul about what people can do with their time, with their energy, with their efforts, and with their money to help people before Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot. We're going to be giving suggestions. We do, thank God, have plenty of uh, conversations on these airwaves all the time about helping others and how one can help others. Um, we'll be doing it here as well uh, during the month of Elul, including, as I said earlier, including the um, the uh, Ormeir Bracha cause in Israel, led by Liara Tedji which I'm strongly suggesting people give before Yontif. Whatever you can give, $10 or $10,000. She's going to be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on food for poor people for Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot, just like she does every single week. Terror-victims.org.il. Terror-victims.org.il. Simple as that. Terror-victims.org.il. If you don't receive our daily thread, contact Avrami. If you don't receive our daily thread, contact Avrami, AF at NahumSiegel.com. It's a life changer. It is a life changer. People are so happy that we keep them up to date through email uh, as to what's been on the show and what they can go and explore and check out the archives, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, check it out. Just ask Avrami to send you the daily thread and the weekly newsletter, AF at NahumSiegel.com, AF at NahumSiegel.com. And I remind you, we have a lot of, we always tell you, always use promo code radio, but today especially I'm asking those of you out there who are taking advantage of the ShopEichlers.com 24-hour splurge and save. For 24 hours today, right now, it's 10% off site-wide everything with promo code radio at ShopEichlers.com. So everything. Whether it's books, whether it's Judaica, whether it's gifts, whether it's something unique that you want for your family, for Yuntif, uh, whether it's something you need, a machzer for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, whether it's something you need for Sukkis, whatever it is, right now it is available in a 24-hour splurge and save at shopeichlers.com, shopeichlers.com. And I'm appealing to you that if you're taking advantage of this deal today at shopeichlers.com, use promo code radio. I want the people at shopeichlers.com to see how active an audience we have. And that's one thing we do have. I was looking at the numbers yesterday. My God, do we have an active audience? Thank God. So again, shopeichlers.com. Look at the site. It's 10% off site-wide with promo code radio. Today, 10% off site-wide promo code radio, radio, promo code radio at shopeichlers.com. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at alchemsegal.com and the alchemsegal network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. 
wraps up an amazing Wednesday here at JMNAM. Thank you, Jack uh, Chitarelli from Israel, New Jersey Republican candidate for governor. Thank you, Rabbi Klibanoff. Thank you, Maury Litwack. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We would love to get the Elul Sofer blowing sponsored every day to support JM and the AM. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, sponsorship opportunities. It's $100. You can do it in memory of somebody, in honor of somebody during this month of Elul. It's a month that we should be thinking of our predecessors. So whatever you can do to help us get to this goal of having every Elul Sofer blowing sponsored, that will be great. fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Just click on sponsorship opportunities. Thanks so much for tuning in. Plenty of great programming, including Avrami's live lunch at 11 a.m. Eastern time coming up. Keep on listening to NSN all day long. Till tomorrow, Nahum Single reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.